welcome to episode 257 of the Spokesman Cycling Podcast. This show was recorded on Sunday, 13th of September, 2020. The Spokesman Cycling Roundtable Podcast is brought to you by Jensen USA, where you'll always find a great selection of products at amazing prices with unparalleled customer service. For more information, just go to jensenusa.com slash the spokesman. Hey everybody, it's David from the Fredcast Cycling Podcast at www.thefredcast.com. I'm one of the hosts and producers of the Spokesman Cycling Roundtable Podcast. For show notes, links, and all sorts of other information, please visit our website at www.the-spokesmen.com. And now, here are the Spokesmen. Weird, isn't it? The cyclocross season has just started, yet we're only two-thirds of the way through the Tour de France. And the Slovenian takeover of the Tour de France is one of the topics for the first half of our show today, recorded seconds after the end of Sunday stage from Lyon to De Grand Colombier. And yet another Slovenian won two. I'm Carlton Reid, and joining me are show regulars David Bernstein and Jim Moss. After chewing through some of the tour highlights and, uh, well, lowlights of the first two weeks, we talk products, which really is just David's way of bringing tips back to the show. It is episode 257 of the Spokesman Cycling Roundtable podcast, and we've got a microphone access for Jim. We've we've improved his sound no end. We've just been tweaking everything. We've been tweaking you, Jim. You're coming across loud and clear. Uh, there's no more edginess to your voice in that there was a few pops and squeaks and whistles the last time, but now you're good. So that means, Jim, how are you doing? I'm doing great after wasting 20 minutes of your time getting this set up. And you're still refusing, Jim. You're refusing to do what we've advised you to do. And that's, well, you know, what you really ought to do. Yeah, spend $3,000 and buy a Mac. Look, I'm (laughs) spending $3,000 and buying another bike. Although I'd have to sneak it into the garage somehow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, good answer. And the the little giggling you're hearing there is uh, is David. David Benchline. Hi, David. How are you doing? Well, I'm good, Carlton. Uh, it's uh, happy July. I'm enjoying the heat of July um, as we uh, enjoy watching the the guys go across the the roads and mountains of France. Oh wait, it's September. Shoot, mm-hmm. I'm just glad there's a race. Mm-hmm. Hey, David, did you get the snowfall last week? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry, everybody has to get the weather report. Yeah, it snowed here, um, and I know it snowed where you are. And um, it life is good because it's you know back going to be back up in the 80s Fahrenheit today and yeah. I'm already I'm already in my Fredcast kit ready to go out for a ride when we're done oh, sweet because we are having a mini heat wave here in the UK as well so that, mm. that is kind of weird you're you're probably not getting the smoke that we have though because we've got the smoke from the fires in California Oregon and Washington um, but I it'll know. get there eventually I've, I've yeah I mean they, they look dystopian Blade mm-hmm. Runner type are you getting the Blade Runner effect or is that only in 
um, San Francisco and stuff. Yeah, no, I mean, like the sunsets here, there's just this this orange orb in the sky, but it's nothing like what you see in the pictures of San Francisco or my parents, you know, who are in, in, in Los Angeles. And you just mm-hmm. can't see two or three blocks down the road. It's, it's, it's uh, dystopian's a good, well, I think dystopian is the word for 2020. So. And dystopian and the golden orb in the sky. I'm going to bring those two together, David, because you wanted to talk about NBC Gold. Yeah, well, okay. So, we, yeah, we talked about this last time, um, how uh, I was going to bite the bullet and pay for NBC Sports Gold. It's 55 bucks or something like that for the year. Um, and that gives you, um, according to NBC, commercial-free coverage. Um, and I think that NBC... I wanted to use the word deceptive. My wife told me to say, no, just say that they oversold it. Um, The expectation, my expectation was, oh, well, it would be, you know, Phil Liggett and Bob Roll uh, doing their commentary. Uh, Fascinating, uh, you know, Phil's at home in England and and Bob's at home, you know, in New England. (laughs) And um, they're they're not even in France. But what I expected was it was going to be Bob and Phil. And when they would go to a break that it would just be silence and it would be commercial free and we'd still be able to see, well, that's not what we're getting. What we're getting is uh, Anthony McCrossin and um, Simon Garens um, doing, basically doing commentary. I believe they are in France um, and they're doing it over the French television feed. Um, I'm not, much of a fan of Anthony's style of commentating. Um, so it gets by, by two weeks in, it's getting a little bit grating, um, but it's anti English here. No, 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 not at all. I'm just not a fan of his style period. Full stop. I just, it's just, he's, he's not my Carlton. Am I right? Was he doing the English commentary at the Juro when we were there? Who was that? Yeah, no, it would have been Anthony. Yeah. In fact, he was because in the, um in the in the breaks between when he could wander away then i was chatting to him so yes he yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he does these uh, frequently he's he's very often uh the english commentator at lots of races yeah as in yeah, commentator that... as in you know to the crowd who are physically there right we, we donna and i my my wife donna not the spokesperson donna um we were comment, commenting about you know when elia viviani would win a sprint in in the giro and he would say elia viviani it, it just it, it's stuck in our minds. Anyway, we're no. Um, it's nice to have commercial free. It's nice to be able to to turn on the Apple TV or turn on the Roku and boom, you know, it's just on and it's it's constant. So I do appreciate that, and that's worth some some. It's definitely worth the money because I'm not chasing after my VPN and and finding different feeds, you know, from Australia or Belgium or wherever. Um, I just think that NBC what they what they sold they they oversold it. Um, so I just wanted to mention that I'm curious to hear what our what our listeners uh, who but are paying. But it is ad free because it's, yeah, it is ad free. No, 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 have missold it. Just... Correct. It is ad. It is. It's exactly what they sold. It's ad free coverage. Mm. Um, you know, and that Jim, are you watching the NBC coverage? No, I'm watching Comcast. Well, yes, NBC coverage on Comcast. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I watched because. When they when they complete a stage, you know, then they go to the studio and it's, yeah. Oh shoot, I can't, I can't remember his name, but there's Christian Vandeveld uh, and uh, Chris Horner, right? Um, and uh, yeah, and they're of course not in France either, as they normally would be, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anyway, it's I, 
I, I, I, there's pluses and minuses to both. I just think, like I said, NBC um, oversold it. I got what they promised. I got commercial free coverage. I just think that they they oversold it. Anyway, I'm curious to hear what our what our listeners think. So that's my my comment on NBC Sports Gold. But man, am I happy that the tour is on and that we've made it through two weeks. And I I hope that I, that that we continue to have negative COVID tests tomorrow from the Peloton. Yeah, I was I was I have been totally caught off guard by how well it is run and the fact that the vast majority of the spectators are wearing masks. Mm. Uh, the, the, I mean, obviously the team, the writers, as soon as they can breathe again or, or you know, two minutes after they've arrived uh, across the finish line, someone's putting a mask on them. Um, and, and I, I mean, I, I just did not expect the tour to even get this far. I figured that the mm. virus would get there and be all over it. And I'm amazed. I'm totally amazed. And I thought it'd be a week one, a kind of like a a, a a one week, three week stage race is what I thought it was going to be. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's pretty impressive. So David, you're right. Tomorrow is the rest day. Tomorrow is the the day when they will then get tested again. So what do you think about the wiping the slate clean rule change? So that was that was very convenient in that you know there was four teams with a one strike and you're out or two strike and you're out. Uh, uh, mark against their name. They now haven't got that. Uh, they're back to to, to having uh, nothing, and they could stay in if, as long as they stay clean. But do you think that that rule change was a bit shifty? <laughs> I don't know about shifty. I I think uh, two things. I mean, like with anything, you know, the fact that the that American football has restarted or. You know that that American baseball restarted, or that soccer restarted, or cycling restarted. I think with all of these things, there's there's several things going on here. One, I think every day that goes by, we learn more and more. Um, if we were having this conversation in April, um, we would we would say one thing that would be different from what we might say today. Um, so I think that I think that with this virus and with this situation, we're learning new things every single day. So the, a rule change um, may or may not be shifty, or it just may be the 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 adaptation to new learnings. On the other hand, and this is why I mentioned all those other sports, um, um, people need to make a living, and people need to get back t- to work. Uh, and and so money talks, and so when we talk about big money enterprises like all of the sports I mentioned, including cycling, um, those those the the governing bodies of those sports and those who put on the events are constantly trying to figure out more and more ways to ensure the success of their events and that they they will continue. Um, so football, sorry, except for NFL, no college. Oh well, you the know. A, a bubble. Uh, I was spinning through channels last night and saw the Georgia LSU game with nobody wearing a mask and mm. the stadium full. Um, we're going to be calling that the uh, the new uh, Sturgis uh, yeah. rally. Um, yeah, and for those who don't know, Sturgis is that motorcycle rally in South Dakota that became a super spreading event um, recently. People in eight states with the disease now. So yeah, 
I so so I I don't think it I don't I'm I I'm normally cynical in this case I think that they're just making adjustments that are necessary for you know um, adapting to new learnings and also trying to keep the race on the road. Um, I'm I'm sh- I was shocked that none of the riders were positive last last week. I will be shocked if none of the riders are positive this week because especially. Uh, earlier, I think it was this week, or maybe it was the end of last week when they were on the climbs and, and the spectators were doing what they normally do, which is literally yell right in the faces of, of the riders as they go up these climbs. And so, um, and, and there, I've seen enough people not in masks that, um, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm hopeful that nobody will be positive, but I will not, I will be very surprised if there are no rider positives. You know, of course, the classic that I saw the first week was a group of people not wearing masks together, and one of them had on a USA T-shirt. So I thought, well, there we go. <laughs> That's representing you, idiots. Mm. So, I mean, we could still get if if two strikes happen to a team tomorrow, they're still out. Yeah. So it's just it's just removed that you know that if they get one tomorrow, then they're out. So it could still we could still see teams go home tomorrow. In effect, yeah. I wonder. I wonder if after today, Enios is kind of hoping. For- <laughs> they would love to be sent home, wouldn't they? Yeah, I've got. A, I've got a question about that later. Uh, okay. Okay. Coming up for sure. Um, so, um, Prudhomme, of course, mm-hmm. famously uh, was was positive. I mean, how ironic. Is that the actual organizer? And even deeply ironic, as far as he had the prime minister in the car with him at the same time, who hasn't, uh, as far as I know, hasn't come down with with uh, a positive test so far. But pretty un- unusual circumstances. I think there was a certain amount of irony <laughs> to to Prudhomme having a positive, and thankfully asymptomatic. Um, uh, they were they said he was asymptomatic. Um, I. Th- I, well, but I think that it, I think that it, it shows the, the times that we're in. Um, and it was, and there was a certain amount of, as I said, irony associated. And then as you said, Carlton, you're right. You know, the day before he tests positive, uh, he spends the entire day in the lead car with the prime minister of France. Now, every, every picture that I saw, every uh, clip that I saw, they were both wearing masks. Mm-hmm. So, you know, hopefully the prime minister of France didn't, didn't catch whatever, um, Prudhomme had, but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I think it was surprising, uh, that, that he was the one who had the positive and none of the riders. Mm-hmm. So let's get into the actual racing itself. Mm. Then. And, and you've already mentioned, uh, uh, the woeful, well, you've, you've intimated the, the woeful uh, tour so far of Ineos Grenadiers. Uh, do you think, I mean, there's, there's two parts to this question. So uh, do you think they kind of almost pre-planned because they thought, they knew that uh, Yumo Visma would be the strongest team. So they focus maybe more on prepping for the Giro. Uh, but should they have nevertheless still brought uh, Froome and Geraint Thomas because uh, they've been uh, riding in, in the, uh, the race uh, Tirreno Adriatica, and Thomas came third mm-hmm. in that. That finished today, didn't it? Uh, mm-hmm. So they might not have been GC contenders in the tour, those two, but they could have at least helped last year's winner on the climbs. 
who was absolutely pasted today, but with mm-hmm. with better support, m- might not have been. First of all, I want to I want to uh, uh, now see, now I have to say something that Anthony McCrossan says, and I, I'm going to have to walk back my previous comments. Um, yeah, today in 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 McCrossan speak, uh, Bernal was peddling squares. Um, he just and the look on his face, he did not look. But then again, Quintana didn't look that great either. It was funny before today. Funny before today, I, I was planning on coming on and saying, "Wow, isn't it amazing?" that there are four or five Colombians in the top 10 and then a couple of slow. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's here's all these new cycling uh, powerhouses in our sport. Mm. Um, and you don't see the Europeans atop and you don't, or pardon me, you, you don't see that the French and the Italians and the, uh, and the Americans uh, and the Brits. It's, it's really, um, it's a new day, but then today was also a new day because clearly Bernal did not um, have the legs to keep up with Jumbo Visma, but who does? Um, and 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 I have to say this, and Jim, I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are on this, um, because everybody knows that that, uh, that 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 Jim and I feel slightly differently when it comes to doping and cycling. But when I when I was wa- and I'm not making an accusation, okay? It's just the way my brain works and the way I've been conditioned. I watched the guys on the front from Jumbo Visma today, and I thought to myself, "Huh, what are they taking?" <laughs> yeah, I, actually, I, I sort of feel the same way. As long as we have professional, whatever, or high level amateur, whatever, we're going to have doping. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's what are they taking? Um, but but I also think there's another difference in this year's race, and I see it as coaching. And I know this sounds a little different, but you see so many teams that they set up their 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 uh, plan for today's race, you know, and a few of them you see the plans are like, well, we think this is going to happen and this is going to happen with these other teams. And I think that what we're seeing is, is a little bit different in that coaches are more likely to change their plans mid-race and reacting to what's going on and who's not going on. Um, I mean, and, and when you – I don't know. It may be team strength, or I think a lot of it's team strength. I don't see Yumbo, yes, but you know, there's no dominant team in the race. Uh, but I, I just see things happening that seems to change mid-race that make it very different race. Make it very Jim. Different. Yeah, Jim. On that point, that, that, that clearly is because the uh, the team managers sat in the cars are watching the TV. So they can see what's happening, uh, listening to race radio as well, of course, uh, and then relaying all of that to, to their their team, which then says, well, radios, these earpieces are having a massive effect. I mean, it probably you're right. Th- this tour is probably more noticeable than in previous years that race radios are having this massive effect on tactics. So is that a good thing or a bad thing that we have race radios? I know we're, we're, we're kind of, it's, it's a given, we now have these things, but do you... Would you still prefer to see it, you know, old school? I, I, Jim, I'm thinking. <laughs> I, I'm. Yeah, sorry. I'll audio pause. Um, no, I, I mean, the, the, we make a lot more changes, maybe, but we still would have had a rider whose sole job was to talk to the car, race up, and tell all the team riders. Um, you know, what the car just said and drift, you know, and take water bottles 
And so the information is probably changing more times and it's probably reacting faster. But we always got information to the people in the front who needed the information. We just mm. did it fewer times and, and less dynamic, I think. And we burnt one guy out. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, so, David, are you also in that frame of mind? You're kind of happy with radios now. No, well, my, my feeling, I mean, what would I, you asked what we would prefer. What I would prefer is old school, um, mm -hmm. with no radios, uh, having, because I think that, 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 um, it's no different than, uh, another sport. Well, see, okay. <laughs> In American football now, quarterbacks have radios so that they can get the plays from the sidelines. Um, but if you think of any other sport, the best you're going to get is the is the coach yelling from the sidelines, and maybe you can hear the coach. Um, uh, or when you're subbed out of of the game, you come and the coach talks to you. Or when there's a timeout, the coach talks to you. To me, that's old school, and we can do that in cycling, as Jim said. You know, the car can pull up and 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 maybe give a domestique a a message to give to the leader, and that's more like some of those other sports, whether it's it's soccer or football or hockey or what have you. Um, so I would prefer that because you get more of the brains and the tactics of each individual in the team. Uh, as compared to somebody in their ear telling them what to do. So I think that it, it makes for a, a more well-rounded cyclist and a more, in, in some ways, exciting race. That said, I think most people know how I feel about technology, which is if I can solve a problem with tech, even if it costs more, I'm going to do it. So the technology's there. The, the horses have already left the barn. I don't think we will ever pull back from radios. So it, I, what, what would I prefer? Old school. Do I think we'll go back to that? Never. And that's fine with me too. You know, yeah, I, I, uh, here again, I'm thinking too hard and pausing. Sorry. I, you know, I, if we don't advance, if we don't move forward, I mean, in all honesty, if, if it wasn't for technology, we'd still be using single speed bikes where you flip the wheel around to get a different speed. Um, so yeah, we, if we're not going forward, we're not going anywhere. Um, I don't care what that combination of, of good, bad, or indifferent. And it, it is, the you know, is the race more exciting nowadays? I think it is. I think it's much more exciting. And I also think that there's a real issue with team. I think that now a few more people might understand the whole team concept in cycling. I mean, that's the, that's the, the one thing that the non-cycling community does, and a lot of the cycling community doesn't understand, is why is it called a team sport? You know, in fact, they, today, one of the announcers said, you know, it's a team sport with one winner. Well, that just doesn't make sense. Yeah, we have mm. a team winner, but you never see the team winner in anything except pure cycling magazines. But you'll see the winner of some years in front page of the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times or something. Um, it's a, But it is a team sport. And with race radios, I think we get more of team out of it. Are you getting... Um team managers coming on to NBC or Comcast or however you're watching it. Are you, because on, on ITV where I'm watching it uh, the other day, they, they went to a team car and they had a very long uh, conversation. In fact, it was with uh, uh, Sagan's team. So it didn't actually, <laughs> didn't make much difference yesterday anyway, in that the, the tactics didn't, didn't work uh, radio or no radio, but are you getting, are you hearing team car tactics? 
Yes. Um, now they're also, I mean, you know, the, the team cars are sort of, you know, they're not shooting straight. They're, you know, fumbling around same thing like a coach does when he's running into the locker room at halftime, you know, Oh, we need to try this a little bit harder. We're going to do this, but what's really going on? I don't think you're getting, but yeah, we're getting that. Yeah. I, I like it when they, they interview the, the managers afterwards and they said, you know, our, our, our plan worked perfectly, but probably every <laughs> single team in there has got it pretty much the same plan. It's just that that's the one that's worked because that's the one who, who won. But yeah. yeah they had the right group of writers that were able to pull it off at the right time. The, the question that bugs me every day, you know, before the race is they always say, Oh, what, what are your plans for today? And it's like, yeah, like we're going to tell you. Um, and then every day, you know, we want to win. So I, I, I hate that, but my favorite is when they show, uh, the inside of the team car, uh, mm. of the racer of the, of the team whose racer won the stage that day. That's my favorite. Cause they're just going bat, you know, what crazy in their, mm-hmm. in their, uh, in their car. And I just love that. Um, I love it when the motorcycle comes by and they're able to shoot into the back seat. And you see the mechanic sort of crammed into this little space <laughs> where he's true. jump out immediately and solve a problem. Crap, it'd take five minutes to undo, you know, whatever. He's got wheels and water bottles and sandwiches and whatever else in there along with the toolkit to be able to lean out the window or to jump out and do whatever. <laughs> I mean, that's mm. the worst job in the world. Okay, John, you win today. You're in the back of the team car. Oh, crap. Uh, hey, I- please. <laughs> Speaking of that, what uh, what were your thoughts today? Sorry, Carlton, I, I have a question. Mm, <laughs> what were okay. your thoughts today about Higita's crash? Um, and then, you know, essentially because of the crash being taken out of of the race. Carlton, I don't know if, I mean, I'm sure you saw that. What did you think I, about that? I thought nothing about it because I haven't watched it. Now you've told me. Oh, I'm sorry. So no, I watched the last few minutes, and the, I, 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 every night I watch it on highlights. So, so, so it was it was fairly early in the in the race. Bob Youngles like essentially pulled out of the front of the of the group he was with, um, and he he sort of moved all the way across the road. And when he did that, his rear wheel took out Higita's front wheel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Higita went down, got back somehow on the bike saw the race doctor, but then he, he had a problem using, he, he basically had hurt his hand. He couldn't use his brakes. Um, and, and he ended up having to, to abandon the race. But I, I, Jim, did you see that? Cause they were showing it on the highlights, you know, during the, ra- the race today. And I thought to myself, I wonder if this is something that Jungles would be fined for. Well, I, I think Bob Roll said it best. And I really hate quoting Bob Roll. That's a little scary. Um, young, young has to go to the team bus and apologize. Oh, I'm sure he will. Um, and, and, you know, I think the only thing that showed was who's, who weighs more because the heavier rider stays up and the lighter rider goes down. Um, I mean, I never get knocked down by anybody, (laughs) but I, I mean, do you look over your right shoulder when you're, when you're getting out of the way? Well, sure we do because you know, well, you guys ride with people, um, I, I, but you can also look at it as somebody was in the wrong plot, space. Maybe I, I don't, mm. I don't think it's a findable offense because there was no intention. You know, it was mm. an accident. It was purely an accident. Mm. I, 
Mm-hmm. And I think that, especially here in the U.S., that we have really lost sight of what's real and what's an accident and what really deserves to be punished or fined or whatever. Oh, oh, that's a great lead-in, Carlton. Take it. Well, no, I, I'm still thinking about Jim in a, in a bunch sprint. <laughs> with, with Sagan trying to, to, to kind of Get crash around. into him and knock him off, and he just bounces off. That's, that's in my mind. Sorry. <laughs> I can't I get that out of my head. Now, I, what I would like to go to is that just the Slovenia and uh, how Slovenia is bossing this race. Mm-hmm. You know, two, I mean, two million people. Slovenia has two million people. It's a city. It's it's a big it's a big city, but it's a city, and they have two amazing riders, and they they are. Anything could happen tomorrow, of course, and the whole team could be thrown out. You know, you could be out, all sorts of things. However, it does look at the moment, you cannot see any way of of the current leader no longer being the leader in in, in, in Paris. Please get there. Um, but it's just amazing that these young riders have come up from a population of only 2 million. So uh, Slovenia is my question. My question is Slovenia question mark. But Jim, I'll come to you first. And when you see Slovenian riders winning, are you are you happy with that? Oh, I'm happy with whoever wins. It's just, as you said earlier, what are they on? Um, hmm. I, I, I know some Slovenians from the mountaineering world, and they're the toughest climbers you can find. Um, hmm. You know, they, they learn how to become a mountaineer because and they did it the hard way they they had to round up the money and they had to get there and then they just don't quit i mean in all honesty if you want to get to the summit follow sylvania but you got to be able to reach deeper than anybody in the world at the same time cycling has a lot of that into it but it also just takes some pure skill and ability and i don't know my 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 younger smarter better looking brother found a new um doping issue that he sent me about some new type of hemoglobin uh oxygen booster um h7379 oh hemoglobin human whatever you know um and and he thinks someone's doping um and it could be i don't know but um i know there are tough people when it comes to mountaineering all of a sudden out of nowhere to pop up in cycling uh, they've been mountaineering for 70, 80, 100 years. Uh, I've, ne- I've never seen a Slovenian in another cycle race. Well, I don't think it's fair to say that Primoz Roglic came out of nowhere. Um, he's, he's, you know, he, this, is a, this is a guy who's a multi-sport athlete um, who has really come up through um, – um, whether, whether it was ski jumping or cycling and, and he's, he's got some Palmares. So I, I don't think it's fair to say that he came out of nowhere. Pogaccia, uh, I, I don't know. That's a new name for me, honestly. But when it comes to Roglic, he's got the most dominant team uh, mm. in the sport, uh, or at least in this race. And so um, it's no surprise to me to see him um, doing as well as he's doing. Uh, you know, it's like the Colombians. I mean, it, you you want to talk about mountains and you want to talk about 
um, being able to climb those mountains, uh, the, the Colombians have it. And so, you know, yesterday, like I said before, yesterday, I wasn't really surprised to see Roglic where he was, and I really wasn't that surprised to see all the Colombians uh, uh, in the in the top ten of the GC. Um, I think it's great, and I think that um, um, seeing people from different countries that maybe we hadn't thought of before as being, you know, some of the best pro cyclists, I think it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And, and I, yeah, but at the same time. Uh, the American Sepp Gloss um, lives in Durango, and if you live in Durango and you want to mm-hmm. go for a bike ride, you mm-hmm. start, you go up or down river, and then you climb. And there's, right. some, you know, coming home's easy. Getting out of Durango is tough. Um, mountain biking, road biking, whatever it is, you're climbing out of Durango. It's in a river valley surrounded by mountains, some of the most beautiful mountains in the world. Um, but Sepp's mom. I don't know if many people know this, is a kick-ass mountain biker um, who wins all the local races. So there's more than just uh, living in the mountains. There's a little bit of genetics or maybe a lot of genetics. There's a mountain and road bike community in Durango that's uh, more active and as big as any other city except maybe the Denver metro area. Um, I mean, everybody in Durango has a mountain bike and a road bike and they ride. Um, and so there's, there's, I mean, I, I've never seen a group, I've never seen a picture of Slovenians, you know, riding. Um, I, I, I don't, and I don't want to, I don't want to denigrate anybody without facts. And I guess I am and more power to them. And I hope it works, but, um, it's still odd. Okay. I mean, it's, it's something we're going to talk about because it's just okay. But 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 Jim Sepp is riding in support of Roglic, right? Right. Oh, I agree. Yeah. So yeah. so so he's using his. Oh, I don't even know what the right word is. Durangonian. <laughs> um, uh, 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 bloodline to to be able to help this guy win the race. So I and he was up there today and he was taking his polls along with Dumoulin. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he can hammer. Uh, like you said, on the flats. Of I, I, I just think it's a really dominant team, uh, and I think mm-hmm. that it's that it's and and hey, so is uh, uh, Pogacha's team. So I, I, I think it's been I think it's been a, it, it, it's been an interesting race, uh, and it's been well, it's one of the best races we've had in a long while. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it yeah. almost it's almost it reminds me of a Jira. Yeah, look what Sun mm-hmm. Webb pulled off. You know, yeah, no kidding. You know. I mean, their attacking program the other day was just unreal. They yeah. just sent rider after rider after rider off the front and tore the, the you know the leaders up. It was great, mm. tactically uh, very good. Now Slovenia from Slovenia to Slovakia. Mm-hmm. So I know that 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 absolutely we can get this uh, mixed up, but we we definitely know we have a good rider from Slovakia, and he's been around for a, a good few years now. Uh, what do we think? Is he saint or sinner on that sprint the other day where he got demoted to, to, to last place? And is he going to get the green? Is he going to win a couple of stages, in effect, sprint into into the lead? It's gonna be, it seems quite hard to do now, but what do you think? I'm happy to go first. Go for it. And I, and I was glad to see that you put that in, in our show notes, saint or sinner, from my perspective, sinner. Um, and I will, I'll tell you why. 
Um, I, I don't buy the excuse about whether it was a selfie stick or a, or a, a, mm. a spectator leaning in. Um, what I saw uh, was somebody doing the wrong thing. Uh, and um, if you say, if, if, if the excuse is, oh, well, there was a spectator there. Here's a guy who has been a professional for many, many years. Uh, a guy who has a lot of experience and knows what he can expect to happen when he gets close to the boards. And he needs to take the consequences for that and not interfere with another rider. Uh, and that was, and, and, and so assuming that that's the, the truth, that there was a spectator that, that was in his way. That's not what I, what I saw. What I saw was somebody cheating. Um, I, have, I've had a bad feeling about Peter Sagan for many, many years. Really? Um, yeah, I, I, everybody loves him and thinks he's great. I remember when he groped the podium girl and I, and I, 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 my, my opinion about him hasn't changed since. Um, I think he's a wolf in sheep's clothing. That's my personal opinion. It doesn't reflect the management of this station. I don't like the guy. And so I hope he doesn't win green. Have you talked to him? Have you met him? No. I, I mean, he, yeah, and your wolf in sheep's clothing idea might be 100% right on. But I, I've talked to him several times when he's over here racing. Um, and he's a very nice, easygoing guy. It's just in the last couple of years, he's even said, yeah, I can ride. I mean, before then, he, he was shy. You, you had to ask him to be able to take his photograph, and he would try and smile. Um, and I think that's a little bit more than just an act. Um, well, I, I admit that I could be completely wrong. And if so, Peter, I apologize. Um, do you think if he, if he just apologized, you know, he did headbutt, he did shoulder charge. Yeah. The, 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 the normal thing to do in that case would have been say, look, I did this. I was wrong. Yeah. I'm sorry. And like, nobody would have faulted him for that, but yeah, he just didn't apologize, yeah. which was kind of odd. Yeah, but so that that feeds into your wolf in sheep's clothing. If that's what you want to think of him, then that's going to feed into that. Well, and, and I had a, I had a, I had a, I I was riding once someplace where he was training and his um and he went by and he there was not the usual cycling etiquette, and I'm just going to leave it at that. Well, and, so, and so that that fed into that that just bolstered my my opinion of him, um, and so I don't know. I, again, I could be completely wrong. That's just my opinion, and my that's that's my impression. We have to also remember that a lot of how he's responding was based on him getting thrown out of the tour a couple of years ago for something he mm. did not do. Yeah, he deserved that too. <laughs> Holy mackerel! No, really, I think we talked about it then, and I and 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 yeah, I, yeah, he deserved that too. He, but he, everyone admitted, and the, and even the uh, commissars admitted that he didn't do anything wrong. That that um, oh, crap. Who's the guy that's had his own autobiography three times and he's only in his thirties? Um, you know, actually was not pushed by him, did not get hit, tried something stupid and crashed. Who Cavendish? Yeah, Cavendish. Hmm. It, you know, t Peter Sagan got thrown out of the tour for something that he didn't do wrong, and Cavendish admitted that it wasn't Sagan's fault, and yet they threw him out of the tour anyway. 
Um, so I think if I'd been thrown out of the tour one time, um, and, and I'd be quiet also. I'm not so sure I would try and defend myself because he defended himself uh, pretty ferociously back then, and it failed. Um, Let me ask you this: Do you think that he's that 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 has he shown in this tour that he has the legs to 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 keep to get and keep that green jersey? Because from what I've seen in the sprints, he's not been there. Um, as much as he used to be, you know, you right. see a guy like Caleb Ewan or a guy like Wout Van Aert. Um, I think that, and, 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 um, crap, help me out, Carlton, the Irishman in the green Jersey. Bennett, Sam Bennett. Yes. Thank you. Mm. I think, I think that they, they're younger, um, riders who are up and coming. And I think that Peter is not up to the, at least in this race, I don't think he's shown that he's up to the same level of, of fitness. Am I wrong? He doesn't have to be normally because he's not going for stages as such. He's had no, 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 of course. Second and third. But to get the points, he also has had the lead out men. I mean, how many times has Mm. he been up there again? Now, granted, that's true. In the past, he has been, he has won stages without lead out men. I mean, he figures out who to follow and yeah, has, has done that. But I can't think of a single stage. I could be wrong. Where he's actually had a lead out man. Yeah, um, sure. Um, mm. That being said, um, by stage five, he had finally ridden more stages without the green jersey than he'd ever ridden with the green jersey. I think they announced that he'd only ridden five stages in the Tour de France wearing without wearing the green jersey. So mm. that's pretty neat. Hey, Richie Port made the podium. He's up on his third now. Richie Port is thirty-five. Does yeah. that not that that holds out hope for Froome? That holds out hope for us, even <laughs> yeah, us old people. 30, 35 is good going for. In effect, it's a comeback. It's uh, yeah, it's good to see Richie Port back. But he's thirty-five. He's for uh, nowadays that's old. You know, if you look at the the Slovenians. You know, who are still in nappies, a thirty-five-year-old is 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 getting on a bit. Well, they talk about Alejandro Valverde, right? Um, uh, uh, who's forty? Uh, I mean, he's ancient, but mm. some, he's keeping up with the young guys. Gus mm. is sixth. <laughs> mm. Wow, he jumped. So how, so, how are we liking the start of uh, the late start? For, for Lee Tour then because it's now cyclocross season officially the first cyclocross race was was today in Germany so are we are we liking the fact that it's it's no. so late in the year no my schedule does I have not seen as many of the races I've recorded all the races for the first time ever because I haven't been able to catch them all because mm. my schedule at this time of year does not allow me to you know take the mornings off um, mm-hmm. one. And two, you could see at the end of today's race that the sun had been yeah. setting. Yeah. A lot of places on the race that it was a lot darker than normal. In mm-hmm. fact, even the commentators made some comments about it, that it, you know, it was obvious that um, it was getting darker earlier because of the time of the year. Now, it's a little bit prettier in some cases because you can see some trees have already started to change, you know, the fall colors. But um, 
I don't know. I, I sort of semi expect one of these finishes to be in snow. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, I, there's a couple of things. One, it's weird. I mean, everything's weird right now, right? I mean, we've got cyclocross, we've got the Tour de France, we've got Tirreno Adriatico, we've got NFL football, baseball, hockey, basketball. It's all going on at once. So everything is just bizarre. Uh, I think for the riders, it's probably better this time of year. It gets really hot in the Alps in July yeah. um, and in a lot of France in July. So, so, so moving it to September probably is better for the riders. Now, uh, with some of them, I think that it's been hard for them to figure out how to get their fitness just right. You know, there, there's some riders who train all year just for the tour. And now that it's two months later and there was no racing, you know, for, for, for a lot of time leading up to it, I think that it's probably messed up some riders. So I think that there's pluses and minuses. But at the same time, there are a lot of riders that came into the tour in a lot better shape with no injury. Yeah. You know, now they might not have been as good a shape because they weren't racing, but at least they weren't injured. Um, yeah. You know, we didn't see, we didn't see any no-shows based on injury other than Froome, basically. Um, yeah, but Carlton may be on to something, you know. He may be it, – it may have been, oh, we're going to use this as an excuse you know, the injury with, with Froome, but maybe they were feeling like, well, they didn't quite have what they needed to, to, to deliver another victory for oh. Ineos Grenadiers. And so maybe we'll move Froome and Thomas over here where maybe we can do a little bit better. At the same time, mm -hmm. it was also a little, I can't believe it was anything other than leave our team. We'll go smack you down. <laughs> you know, we gave you five wins. There are five yellow jerseys hanging on your wall. And now you're leaving us, yeah. Well, you're not going to get another one with our jersey on. I don't think. I don't think Brailsford thinks like that. Brailsford is just—he's hardwired to win stuff. He will do whatever. He he couldn't care personally, and that's why uh. he drops Brits and all sorts. He doesn't care. He just wants a winner. Um, so I don't personally. I don't think he would be that fussed about him leaving because that is also part and parcel of, of professional sport. You know, professional you, cycle sport. And you got to give it to Sylvan Adams. You know, he is building what is going to be one of the highest profile teams next year. Uh, and he's in, got the money in, to do it. Let's face it. Yeah, for he, sure. He could, he could have the best team if he wanted. If he want tomorrow, he could have the best team. So, so yeah. So here we are. Uh, professional football, professional basketball, professional baseball. It's all based on money. And now most people are understanding that professional cycling is based on money. Crap, even amateur cycling is based on money. If you get to the right team, you don't have to worry about your bike being ready and you know, versus I mean you get up an extra hour earlier to tech your bike before you go to a race. Um, it, and it's all based on who can sell sponsorships all the way up and down the line. Um, is that the way to race? Is that showing us who the best cyclist is, the best team? We got more money, therefore we can buy the right team. You've still got to have the permutations, though, isn't it? I mean, cycling isn't just a money thing. You know, otherwise Ineos would would be the best team this year. Right. Uh, they're probably the best funded team. So it is the the mix. And that's the fascinating thing about cycling is just uh, the mix of riders. And certainly when you've got a huge crew that you could uh, pick from and then getting it right for each individual race. And you have got to have, 
you know your second tier riders are still doing some you know major races as as we we, we can see with the race that also went on today today Tirani. so that makes it not just money it's it's also savvy savvy and 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 yeah jim i think it is still you know who's the best cyclist i i, I think that that so many of the the younger um, guys coming up, I'm talking about men's cycling now. So many of the younger guys coming up in the sport are getting paid nothing, huh. um, literally nothing, yep. uh, uh, not enough to make a living. Uh, and, and they're working their butts off to get to the pinnacle of the sport. Um, and that's how you, that's how you end up with some of the, the people that we've seen. I mean, look at the last couple of days with some of these guys who have been winning uh, stages. It's been really cool to see all these different guys winning uh, and making some really great moves. And it's because they've been coming up in the sport and they've been earning their, their Palmares and they've been, been, been doing the work and now they're getting rewarded for it. I mean, that's the way that it is in anything. Um, yeah. So, of course, everything's about money. Don't, I mean, I think we should go look at all the winners in the last 20 years and how mm-hmm. much money their teams had the last 20 years. And I bet you more than 70% of the winners were with the most well-financed team. Well, of course. David, talk about money mm. and how you can spend money. Or save how, money. How, yes. How can cyclists, do you think? How could they spend money and yes, and save it at the same time? Mm. Do you have mm. any ideas how how uh, listeners to this podcast could uh, mm. go and spend their cash? It's an excellent question. Imagine if you could spend money and save money and know that what you're spending your money on was the right thing. That would be that would be cool, wouldn't it, Jim? Oh, hey, I went to the website the other day looking for stuff. <laughs> you uh, did. I did. And the problem is that I've been. I've been not paying attention to the podcast and I couldn't type in the right website address. I was going to say that to you in that email. You see, because Jim wanted to go to Jensen USA, which is the right thing to do. Uh, and I told him, Jim, you got to go to jensenusa.com slash the spokesman. And if you go to jensenusa.com slash the spokesman, first of all, you're going to be supporting us and we appreciate that. But more importantly, you're going to be, as Carlton said, saving money. Uh, and uh, finding a great selection of products. And if there's something you're not quite sure whether it's going to work for you, they have a really, really experienced team of what they call gear advisors. And they're going to tell you because they know, because they're cyclists themselves, just like you. And they they want to make sure that you get the right thing at the right price and give them a call. They'll be really, really helpful. So Jensen USA is the place where you can get and I've, I've said this a long time, pretty much everything that you need for your cycling lifestyle. So you need a new bike, complete bike, and it can be a gravel bike, a road bike, a mountain bike, a kid's bike. You can find them all at Jensen USA. Plus you can get components and apparel. And as I said, virtually everything that you need for your cycling lifestyle. And the selection is is really great from name brands that you know, people like Specialized and yes, Colnago uh, and just a whole wide variety of all of the best brand names that you already know. So go check them out. It's at jensenusa.com slash the spokesman. And we hope that you'll use that URL because when you do, 
Um, what it tells them is that you heard about Jensen USA on our show. Uh, and what's really cool when you go to JensenUSA.com slash the spokesman, uh, they pick out products on that page that they think that spokesman listeners might be interested in. So check that out first. And then whatever else it is that you're looking for, whether it's a pair of shoes or jersey or bib shorts, or perhaps, I don't know, maybe you just need uh, 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 a new stem or a new headset or tires or whatever it is, they're going to have it at Jensen USA. So go check them out, jensenusa.com slash the spokesman. We really sincerely thank them for their very long-term loyal support of this show, the Spokesman Recycling Roundtable podcast. And of course, we thank you for your support of Jensen USA. So there you go, Carlton. There's the answer to your question. You can save money uh, and you can get the right thing. Oh, and by the way, one last thing, free shipping on all orders over $60. Okay, back to you, Carlton. Uh, thank you, David. See, I knew you didn't know the answer to that, that question. <laughs> now, you mentioned shoes there. Mm, I did, I'm perfect. A fantastic segue. Thank you very much uh, for a holdover from the last show. So we should have asked this the last show. We, we didn't get around uh, to, to talking about it, even though we had it in the show notes. And I know uh, Jim wanted to talk about it, so I'm, I'm guessing he's a, 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 a fan of this particular system because it is a system. It's 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 how you fasten your shoes. So I'm going to come to Jim first, uh, and because he keeps on mentioning this, so you, you must want to talk about this, Jim. So you're are you a Velcro? You can even laces, of course, or boa. Boa, boa. Why, why, Jim? Why are you boa? Because it's the ultimate in laziness. <laughs> I see Jim. I, I, I can see I Jim. Don't think that's one of those telling things. I can see Jim in things. the old age home, and he's like, "Oh, I need my shoes to have boa." That's right. Hey, well, I, I, I happen to know a few more things. Boa is actually based here in Denver, and oh. at the outdoor retailer trade shows, you could bring any pair of shoes in, and they oh, would yeah. put a boa system on the shoes. Oh, that's huh. cute. And I was thinking, you know, I'd had him do it to a couple of set of my tennis shoes or whatever else. And it was kind of going fun and whatever. But I kept thinking, you know, I should get a set of wing taps with boas on them. <laughs> <laughs> walk into court. Jim, they, they, they charge for this at the show or it's just like a oh, show special? But they quit doing it. Oh, that is cute. It. Yeah, they quit doing it. It was, it was wonderful. But let me tell you why I love boa. One, the newest models, I, got the, I have a new set of uh, Lake – cycling shoes, which I think are, are wonderful because I have a wide foot. I can walk on water and not know where the rocks are. Um, and, and you just spin them and they, you can tighten them down. You can loosen them mid ride easily, tighten them back up again, whatever you need to do. And with Velcro after about the 15th time you wear, it gets, you know, you yank mm. through the, and it gets stuck in the same spot. So Velcro mm. on a lot of my mountain shoes, bike shoes at the bottom at the top and I can't get them any tighter. I can get them looser, but I can't get them any tighter, you know, as the leather stretches or whatever, because they stuck in this one Velcro spot. But with mm-hmm. Boa, you can just so fine tune so easily, even while you're on the ride. And uh, the newest models, you reach down and you pull a little bit, they pop and they're loose and those shoes are off. It's just a wonderful system designed by a guy who used to take his kids out and who would take a half hour to get everyone's shoes tied. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, mm. And David, what are you? Are you 
a proponent of one or other systems, or are you you're laissez-faire? You 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 don't care. Oh no 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 no! You know me. <laughs> I always have an opinion. Um, so I am not a boa person. Uh, I I and and it's funny. I'm looking at the website of the cycling shoe company that I I prefer. And when my shoes wear out, I'm going to be screwed because I can only get boa. Um, no, I I have been wearing for years and years and years and years Northwave shoes um, for road. They, I have I, I I cannot find a pair of cycling shoes that that fits me just right that feels good uh, other than Northwave. I've tried them all. Um, have you tried leg? Uh, and I, you know, sorry. Try leg. I will do that. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 I definitely try it. So no, I've been using Northwave forever. They've got a, a, a buckle, sort of a ratcheting buckle at the top, and then um, two Velcro straps. Uh, I would still be wearing the ones I bought probably fifteen or eighteen years ago. Had a puppy not eaten them, uh, and that's how my family knew that 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 the dog that that dog could get away with anything because I didn't get upset. <laughs> And then I bought another pair of Northwave shoes. And I think I've had those now for about 12 or 13 years. And I just keep wearing them. They haven't worn out. I still like them. I look at, so Jim, I got to ask you, and and now everybody's going to know that I'm just the ultimate Fred. I look at the BOA system and I say, that doesn't look comfortable. Um, It looks like it's going to break. Tell me why I'm wrong. Well, first of all, I've never, oh, wait a second. I did have one break after like, Four years, but not on cycling shoes. It was just on a pair of tennis shoes. So it was on a, and and it wasn't the actual. Uh, the, the cable's sort of uh, some. I, I can't believe it's nylon. It's got to be steel. It's so tough, but it 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 compresses over a very wide area. So on my uh, lake cycling shoes, I have two up two boa, one that covers about two inches and one that covers about an inch and a half. So it spreads that tension evenly over that area. Um, I still have a set of Victorias that have the ratchet in it. And the ratchet's wonderful because you can get it you know, right to the tightness. But you can't reach down and loosen it up while you're riding easily. Um, and as, or as easily as I think the boa can. Um, and so I think that, that it's great because it was the Velcro. You, it pulls that one three-quarter of an inch section and that's it. Yeah. Boa, yeah. it's very wide. It's two inches. Mm. That you know, so you and you can, you know, some days I'll go out and ride and I'll just tighten up the top one and keep the the bottom one loose. Um, although here again, now that I found some good shoes like you did, and Northwave used to have wide shoes too. I remember. Um, yeah, and I think that that's that's why I wear them. Carlton, what do you prefer? Uh, as you can imagine, because I get lots and lots of freebies mm-hmm. with my kind of position. Um, I've got all sorts, uh, in my cupboard, so I I can and do, uh, use every system. And I would say Boa is my favorite Mm. Uh, on certainly on road shoes. Um, and I I do agree with day, um, with Jim on for a mountain bike shoes also, because when you're going into lots and lots of mud in the UK, if you, if you're not going through mud, then you're, you're just not going to go out on your mountain bike then the Velcro does stop working, whereas the BOA doesn't. So BOA for me, yes, for the laziness, yes, for the, the width of it tightening down, yes, for the on-the-fly, uh, on-off tightening, etc. 
and yes for the for the longevity it is of course more expensive mm-hmm. so you know you, you you look at the shoes in most uh, companies ranges then their boas are going to be more expensive then if you've got just one boa and then some velcro that's like a mid-level so clearly the boa is is pitched at premium and is premium uh, so you've got to bear that in mind in that you know at some price levels you're not going to have a choice anyway you, you, you you've got to spend good money if you're going to be getting boa you don't get cheap boa in effect so it is a premium product so of course it's going to be better in many respects because it is pitched and priced at that level remember though when velcro was a premium product (laughs) well i'll give it a try when these wear out because apparently i'm not going to have much of a choice as i'm googling around as we're all talking um, but I'll give it a try. I'll, I'll see if I like it. But see, that, that that's that's how I, 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 I'm guessing that people ride by me and they look down at my shoes and they're like, yep, he's a Fred. <laughs> <laughs> so. and what lights, what lights do Fred's uh, tend to use? Then? Because uh, David, you've, you've had a, a, a issue just recently, I believe. Jim, what do you use? Do you put, you have, you have, uh, you have uh, fly six, a cyclic on your bike. I have a fly six in the back. I, I, yeah opted not to spend the money for the 12 in the front the 12 way overpriced yeah. um how's it working for you well i've never had to use it um i mean no you know thankfully no, yeah i did i did put a little sticker on it that says video and clothes because you know i didn't think that most law enforcement personnel would understand what that was um, yeah. but it's a great rear light um, I've yet to have it run out during any of my rides. Uh, huh. and I like it. I, I'd also have two of them. Um, you know, because I think it's a great idea, but for the front, it's a lot easier just to mount a GoPro and a good light. Um, and so if I, if I'm riding the roads and I think that's going to be an issue that day, I just put a GoPro, GoPro on the front of the bike. Huh? What, um, what light do you have in the front? Uh, depends on the ride. I, I have, I have all sorts of, I have a, my favorite light is a helmet light. If I'm actually going out in the dark or I'm mountain biking that I got from surface. Um, I mean, it blinds people, but it, it lights up half mile. Um, I've got a couple cat eyes. Uh, I can't even tell you which one I like right now. I have a rechargeable cat eye that, uh, just does a great job. And so starting here in another couple of weeks, I'll put it on. And keep it charged just in case something goes wrong, and I have to ride home in the dark. Yeah. Uh, and why I like it though is is because it's strong enough to get me home, but it's easy enough if I have to take it off and use it to fix the tire because it's so dark. You know, I I can hold it in my mouth and shoot it at the right angle to you know find the hole or fix the flat or whatever the problem is. Yeah, I um I've been using because we've 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 I think. When we were doing uh, tips, um, I think m- several of us have probably picked the Fly 6 or the Fly 12 as our, as our picks. And I've been using a Fly 6 for a while, and my wife's got one on her bike. And um, my daughter recently, I think I said, mentioned that she just bought a road bike, and so she's been riding. So I was looking at, at, at getting a Fly 6 for her, and it was about that time that the battery on mine started to not hold up for more than about 45 minutes. Um, and Donna was starting to have problems with hers where it would think that she crashed when she was just riding along straight and level. Um, and so I went to the, to the, the cyclic website and I 
saw that they had a new uh, generation, a third generation. I thought, oh, that's great. They probably fixed all these problems that I've been having with. So it said that they were going to ship in August. And so I, I placed my order at the beginning of August and August came and went and they didn't ship. And I started emailing them and asking them about it. And I was getting no response. I mean, like for a week or 10 days. And I Googled online and people are having this issue and I'm a little bit worried and, and I don't know what other people's experience has been. So I basically wrote to them and I said, oh, and then they changed it. They're going to ship in October, by which time I would get it in November because they said like the middle of October, I'd get it in November. Cycling season's over. It's not even worth it. So I said, just cancel my order. Um, and I understand that they probably had a delay because they're made in China and we all know, you know, it's been a crazy year when it comes to manufacturing. But I went out and I bought um, some Bontrager lights. And normally I don't buy house brand stuff. Yeah. Um, people who don't know Bontrager is Trek's house brand. But I bought the Bontrager Ion and Flare. They're these tiny little lights. And, and you know, I have one on the front, one on the back. And one of the, and first of all, they're, they're really bright. But one of the things I really love about them is... First of all, their price is significantly lower than the Cyclic, uh, the Fly 6. Um, one of the things I love is it connects over Ant Plus to my Garmin computer so that when I start a ride and I press that start button on my, my computer, the lights turn on. And when I press stop on my computer, the lights turn off. That's the coolest thing in the world. Okay. I never, I mean, how many times have you been driving down the road with your car, your bike on top of your car, and it's blinking because you forgot to turn it off? <laughs> See, I see the ads for these things. I think, who who needs these features? It's like, oh, Fred, David. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> David needs that feature. Okay. You know, I don't think your shoes. You connected to what? Uh... <laughs> Point out that you're Fred, but having your bike on top of your car with the light blinking, I think that's a guarantee you're Fred. <laughs> I have done it. <laughs> Natural. Um, <laughs> Interesting. I, I well anyway, so I'm curious to see what happens with sick. Like I, I don't understand, you know, and 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 people on I'm I don't know if I should be worried about the company or what's going I mean, the fact that it takes 10 days to get an answer to an email um it seems strange to me. Uh and a lot you know, of people you, go ahead. You went you went you went buying this and using this light for its light capabilities. You're using it for right. a video. Okay, so that's a great point. And 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 I'm this will be the first time, this is the first time that I haven't had video on the back of my bike in many, many years. Um, I would love it if, it, for instance, Garmin makes a product called the Varia. Very um, expensive. It, yeah, very expensive. Um, it's, it's a, but it's, but not as expensive as the Cyclic, uh, not as expensive mm-hmm. as the Fly 6. Yeah. It goes on the back of your bike. It's a, uh, it's a tail light, blink, uh, a blinky light like we all have, but it's got radar. And so it tells you, again, on your, your Garmin computer, uh, whether or not there's cars coming up behind you. Um, I would love it if Garmin and or Cyclic like, added both of all three of those features in one. If I could have a radar, a light, and a camera recording on my taillight, um, here's my credit card. Mm-hmm. What's, your, what's that number? <laughs> I remember we found a guy at uh, Interbike. Uh huh. He had created a camera, and you get and and I got one of those. The problem, Me too. Looking at the screen and then running into things. Yeah. Which was 
quite interesting. Um, I'm not so sure. I have the, I have the new Garmin 1030. I really do like it. And for the first time in, in several years, Garmin hasn't screwed up their own software, although they did uh-huh. act big time the other day, no matter wondering who, how much money they paid ransomware to get their system back. Yeah, um, $10 million, isn't it? Yeah. And, and seriously, Garmin is well known for, you know, doing a software upgrade that just crashes your, your computer. Um, but this one has a little thing on it that if you uh, crash, it sends out a notice to the people that mm-hmm. you've been there. Um, what I found lately is when I stop at the end of my ride, it's sending out a notice that Jim Moss has crashed. Oops. Um, yeah. It also- See, my, my Apple Watch does that. Really? It- but my Apple Watch doesn't like my bike, so. Oh. <laughs> I sent out a notice in my garage yesterday, but I did crash. I was building a new bike and and uh, realized that I'd built everything except the brakes and hit my garage. <laughs> it's a little... So, have you the feature has worked on the lights? Have you have you tested it? It kind of like you crashed and it it texts or oh yeah, I've gotten I get a phone call from my brother. You know, are you okay? Oh uh, yeah, why? Well, I got to notice that you're. You know, and I get home and I look at my emails and there's the three people, you know, Gail goes, yeah, you s- said you crashed. I saw you were still right. She tracks me on Google Maps. So she says, I saw you were still moving. So I figured it was something else was going on. But I just want you to note, Carlton, that we've now stealthily put tips into the podcast. <laughs> yes, I've noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> well, if my tip was going to be, then I would say, yeah, uh, okay, that feature on your Apple Watch because it does work on your yeah. Apple Watch. And and I mean, I've had this one for a, a, a good while. I'd forgotten that I'd turned this feature on, and I crashed my bike, and uh, lo and behold, it said, you know, if you don't turn this off, we're going to ring the you know the emergency services. And so I turned it off. But it's like, yeah, I mean, I have never had any false calls on this this is just the one time i've crashed is the one time i've had this this go off so i don't know what it's like on uh, i've got a set of lights that it does not the different kind of to, to yours i use sense and it does do that i've never tried it on them but on the watch it does do work so on um, my tip would absolutely if you've got this tech turn these features on because yeah. you will not get false positives they are incredibly good Guys, we have we have now been going. I do think we have to, to wind up here now. We've been going for an hour and 10, 10 minutes. So we're going to have to do that part of the show where we, we gladly we do not have tips, even though we do have tips. <laughs> uh, but that's a part of the show where we, we, we talk about how people can can find us. So Jim first, how do we get in touch with Jim? Uh, Recreation Law on Twitter, recreation-law.com on the web or recreation.law at gmail.com. Or if you just Google recreation law, you should find me. And if people are interested uh, finding mooses, or what's the plural for mooses? Uh, Mises, mooses, whatever, in gardens, David, where can can people follow you? That was a cool picture, though, wasn't it? I love all your pictures. You have lots and lots of pictures of wildlife in your garden. Thank you. you. So, yes. what was the question? <laughs> uh, the question is, is the plural of mooses mooses or is it meese? Well, yeah, here we say meese. I'm sure it's mooses, but, you know, meese just sounds better. Um, 
Yeah, best place to find sort of what I'm up to is on Instagram, where my handle is Fredcast. Um, if you want to uh, r- rant and or rave about my controversial thoughts today about Peter Sagan or perhaps the cyclic fly six, where there was something else I mentioned. Oh yes. Anthony McCrossan. Uh, feel free to send me an email at mm-hmm. the Fredcast at gmail.com. And Carlton, thank you for re-energizing uh, and, and getting, getting uh, Jim and I back on the show so that we can actually do round tables again. I, yeah. it's fun. I enjoy this. And I know that, I can tell from from Jim's voice he does too, and I know that you do. So, so thank you for that, Carlton. It's, it's appreciated. Yep. Oh, thank you. Well, I'm I'm just so glad that we've got Jim's microphone. <laughs> <laughs> it's taken a while, but we're we're, we're now there. <laughs> and so where can we find you, Carlton? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I might be doing a boa story uh, on <laughs> Forbes.com uh, shortly. Um, I have, I've got lots and lots of things to go through and a, and a BOA profile is one of the things I, I've got to go through and hmm. uh, I get on Forbes.com sometime soon. So you can actually follow me on Forbes or on Authory. So I'm on Authory.com where you get my Guardian articles, my Forbes articles, all sorts. Um, uh, or Twitter. So Carlton Reed uh, on Twitter. Uh, so this has been episode 257 of the Spokesman Roundtable, as David has said, Roundtable podcast. Uh, and thanks for listening, for people out there listening to today's show. And thanks also for subscribing and telling your cycling friends and family, I know you do this, uh, about the cycling uh, podcast here from the Spokesman. And uh, show notes and more uh, can be found on the-spokesman.com. And this has actually been the third show uh, this this month. I do think it's the final show this month, uh, however. Uh, but we will have people, uh, hopefully, roundtable uh, back. Uh, do you know, because of the Tour de France it being in normally in July, I was going to almost say August there as the following month. It's just thrown everything out of kilter, hasn't it? But no, it's next month is actually October. How freaky is that? Uh, so, but, but before then and now, make sure to get out there and ride. <laughs>